Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Tuesday edition of Round Ball Stew on NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Ryan Knaus. With me, as usual, my co-host, Jared Johnson. Uh, Jared, there's a lot to get to. We had a busy slate of games on Monday, lots of fallout, some injuries, unfortunately. We'll get to it all right after we discuss some Edge Plus pickups of the day. These come from our colleague Steve Alexander, who throws out a bunch of names uh, this week as players you might consider grabbing if they're still available after Monday's games. He's talking Lou Dort, who we'll talk about later in the pod, Josh Hart, I don't think we'll get to, but maybe, Jetty Osman, Chimetsi Metu, and Denny Avdija. Uh, plus, he adds Jalen Brunson if he's still available. Hopefully, if you're in a competitive league, he isn't. Some of these players might be obvious. Some are based on what transpired in Monday's games. But for, for pickup options seven days a week, get the Edge Plus Season Tools. All right, Jared, before we get properly into Monday's games, I want to make a quick note that according to Adrian Wojnarowski, and this news just came out, LeBron James, quote, could make his return versus Boston on Friday. There's reportedly growing optimism. So while obviously a great sign for LeBron, managers can start to think about how to get him off the injury list, it does complicate the picture for Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, he's one of our swish picks for Monday's games. These are players who hit nothing but net with their performances last night on Monday. Taylor Horton Tucker among them. He promptly scored 28 points with six boards, two assists, one steal, nine of 19 shooting, six of six from the line. Are you grabbing him everywhere, or does LeBron's return make you hesitate, Jared? Before I heard that news, which I'm just now hearing, <laughs> uh, I would have <laughs> planned on grabbing him. But no, not if LeBron's even close to being back. Then it's pretty much not interested. So you're not seeing any sixth man potential here for Horton Tucker? I don't. Do you? Well, I do think that he could fill in as a sixth man. A little bit depends. I mean, his playmaking was coming along. I think that's still a thing. Rajon Rondo is only going to take you so far as a playmaker off the bench. So they could certainly use what he brings to the table. I think minutes will be reasonable. Uh, this is a very old team that's probably going to struggle to stay healthy throughout the year. So maybe his value comes and goes. I think grab him, see how LeBron impacts him, go from there, because he's looked very good through two games. Someone else who's looked very good in recent games is Spencer Dinwiddie. Without Bradley Beal in the lineup, this guy has just been money. He had 27 points, 9 dimes, 5 boards on Monday. In three games without Bradley Beal, Jared, Spencer Dinwiddie is now averaging 28 points, 8 assists, over 7 boards, 4 threes, with 50-90 shooting splits. What do you do with that information, if anything? Is this... It doesn't really move the needle, I guess, because it hinges on Beal being out. Yeah, but he's playing really well on the season just in general. Um, on the year as a whole, he's top 55. Um, the numbers you stated, his averages are pretty close to that. 17 points, 2.2 triples, 6 dimes. 
he's really impressed me. He's he's exceeded my expectations. I didn't draft him anywhere. Um, the warts are still there. He doesn't do anything for you in the defensive categories. And you mentioned the shooting. No way that's going to last. But um, he he's going to be a very reliable source of points, triples, and dimes, and perhaps enough dimes to be able to be a mid-round player. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, if he's an upper teen scorer with five and five rebounds and assists, a couple three-pointers beyond that, he doesn't need to do a ton uh, as long as he's not actively exactly. destroying your percentages. Speaking of, let's let's talk about Cade Cunningham. Now, he makes our swish section because he flirted with a triple-double, had a career-high 25 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, which were also a career-high, and a loss to the Kings. He was 5 of 11 from deep, and yet he's shooting 31.5% from the field this season. Is that even correct? I feel like that must be wrong. Uh, he's up after, after last night's game to 34%, but still brutal. What, what are you doing with him? I mean, he's also, you know, as he did last year, he had more turnovers than assists. He's averaging 3.6 turnovers this year at three assists. Yahoo has him at 240, I think, in the rankings. What do you what do you make of this? Is this a situation where it's just a rookie who's going to get better? Set me up. Set me up. Well, <laughs> Set me up with the analogy. Well, his rankings were, what what did I say, 240. The so, Conley question. Oh, yeah. So I had asked you a couple of weeks ago about Mike Conley. I said, would you rather have Cade Cunningham or Mike Conley? You said Cunningham. I disagreed. Do you hold? Let's take. So the last four games, let's okay. I we're we're when you take his season long stats when he's only played so many games. I think that you really have to ignore those first handful of games when he shoots like one of 12 sure. from the field or whatever. Okay. And he's still, clearly still working his way back. So past four games when he's actually. His shot's been falling past four games, 46.4% from the field, 16 points, 4.5 dimes, 1.5 steals, three triples. And that's top 87 value. Mike Conley is about 10 ranks higher at 10.5 points, 7.3 dimes, and 1.3 steals. Yes, I would still rather have Cade Cunningham when I'm looking at the long-term view of this. I would rather have the number one pick who's starting to trend up and has really shown me really impressive flashes versus this 36-year-old former all-star point guard who has been injured with a hamstring the past two years in a row, consistently misses consistent time. Yeah, I would rather have Kate. Yeah. Yeah. 
I would really like to buy it as someone who has <laughs> in one league. That Those stats you mentioned, over the past five games, he's been pumping out first-round value. Now, when I watched him play last night, uh, a completely different player. And and you know what? Maybe that back really was impacting him early. I, I have a bad back, and I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast know what a bad back feels like, and it's debilitating. Um, he last night when I was watching him play, he was ultra aggressive. He's getting in the post. He's going right at Jokic. He's he's hitting turnaround jumpers. And this is not what I saw at the beginning of the year. So maybe it was a health thing. Um, we have seen KP put up top twenty value in multiple past seasons. Um, so maybe this is a sign that he's really ready to start rolling. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Right. No, go get him. Go get him now. Figure it out later if, if if this is real. But he replaced Mo Harkless in the starting unit, and Mo Harkless, I don't think, is a threat to take that spot back. Go get him. He's he's playing really well. That would make sense. Yeah. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
Yeah. I think that KPJ is droppable, honestly. He's doing way more harm than good. It's not just, it's, it's an excessive amount of turnovers. It's a Russell Westbrook amount of turnovers with a Cade Cunningham amount of assists. So it's not, it's, he's not, he's not um, making up for his warts. The, the percentages are awful from not only the field, but also the stripe. And basically no defensive stats to speak of. I'm a lot more patient with Jalen Green just because when I watch him play, I actually enjoy watching him play. You know, he, he hasn't put it all together yet, but he shows these flashes. I don't see the flashes with KPJ. I watched a lot of Rockets games. I understand that he was good last year for like 20 games. Let's look at his entire career. You beat me to the punch. I was going to say we saw those flashes last year, so... We know it's in there, but yeah, you're right. It's, I mean, he's well below top 200 value and it's not because playing time isn't there or opportunities are there. And without another facilitator, maybe getting these guys easy buckets, it's just going to be a lot of tough individual offense. So hard to see that improving. KPJ. Extremely quick. Yep. Extremely quick tangent, but someone brought this up. I think that Jalen could at least benefit if they kind of staggered his minutes more away from KPJ and allowed him to play with someone like DJ Augustine or or one of these veterans. But we'll see if that happens. But I think that that's something that could help. They're very similar players in a way, too. So it's a sort of sort of strange fit. But again, a a bad rebuilding team that are just going to let them play together and see what they have there. All right, we'll move on to Luka Doncic, who sprained his ankle late in Monday's win versus Denver. He did tell teammate Kristaps Porzingis that he'll be fine, but that's just a, for what it's worth, kind of throwaway line. The Mavs finished the week with games on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. I, are you worried about Doncic here? It didn't look too, too serious, but he has missed time with ankle sprains in the past, so kind of just a wait-and-see situation. I think it's just a wait and see. I mean, at least they don't have any back-to-back sets, but yeah, it's a four-game week, so could miss one of those games. Yeah, and Jalen Brunson, we mentioned him earlier, but he becomes even more of a must-start guy if Doncic is out. And then just kind of, you know, Doncic's usage and impact is so huge, it's not like one player is going to absorb that. So typical kind of filters down to everybody's situation. Mm-hmm. Another sprained ankle, Evan Mobley sat out down the stretch. He finished with one, or was it an elbow? I want to say. Sat out down the stretch, finished with one point on 0 of 11 shooting. Doesn't seem too concerning, but if he's out more games, let's say, do you do you stream Jetty Osman? He, he had 26 points last night, 10 of 17 shooting, 6 of 12 from deep, five boards, two steals. I'm not biting, are you? No, you are right. It was an elbow. No, it's... Okay. Osman, all these guys are just incredibly inconsistent. Isaac also 
Isaac Okoro also had a, a good game last night. Mm-hmm. He was coming off an 07 performance. Basically, all these guys. Well, we're we're there's news that we might get Kevin Love back for the upcoming back to back set, and that means that Markinen is also close. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. No, I streamed Kevin Love earlier this season at one point, and it it genuinely upset you, which I I, I feel like we <laughs> we rushed past that. <laughs> But nobody in 2021 should be upset about missing out on a Kevin Love stream. You don't need to reply. I just wanted to mention that. All right. We've mentioned a lot of bad shooting. I hate to go back to it, but here we are. Killian Hayes, scoreless on 0 of 5 shooting in 23 minutes. It wouldn't be a brick segment if we didn't bring up Killian Hayes, I guess. He did have five boards, three dimes, one steal, one block. That seems like kind of who he is. A guy is going to be in single-digit scoring, hurt your field goal percentage, but on low volume. And if he's getting enough dimes and defensive stats, great. He was coming off a 10-assist double-double. That led to me picking him up a couple places. I figured, what the heck, let's see where this goes. Are you in that camp, or are you just like, he's not going to put it together? I'm I'm over it. I'm over it. I don't think he's going to put it together. It's just... I don't. I just don't see how he doesn't when he's doesn't have a jump shot, because his playmaking skills aren't to the level to make up for that, really. So yeah, I, I've I've basically been ignoring him. <laughs> okay, I don't want to. I don't want to go too deep into this, but I do the Yahoo videos for their player news, and if you click on Killian Hayes this week, you may see me trying at least to use Marcus Smart as a player comparison as to how Killian Hayes can become a fantasy asset despite having a a busted jumper he's got a ways to go to get there of course but that's kind of the mold i'm looking at he has multiple games with at least five steals already this season didn't play 30 minutes in either of those games so that's the kind of like pop that i'm looking for more of more of like a 14 team league kind of player that sounds right to me yeah yeah or a guy to pick up if you're doing well in your league and can afford to kind of yeah that too. stash him on your bench. All right, last guy in the brick section, Evan Fournier bottomed out. He had 14 points combined, I should say, in his past three games. He never contributes supporting stats. So if his shot attempts are in the single digits and he hasn't played 30 minutes in the month of November, Yikes. is he just 100% toast for fantasy? Like, that's game over, right? Yeah, it's not great, especially with the amount of <laughs> guards that they have on this New York team, giving Thibodeau multiple options to take him off the floor. I mean, how I how mm. high was his upside to begin with? I would argue not very. And now we're seeing what the floor looks like. So I wouldn't be totally opposed to moving on. Yeah, he needs he needs volume scoring and three-pointers to hit value. He's not getting either of those. All right, I could take shots at RJ Barrett, but I feel like we've done that enough recently. So let's move on. We're going to get into the fast break section. Jared, you know what this means. I'm going to read off some things as quickly as I can and, you know, take a little bit of time, respond to each one, and we'll just keep zipping through. All right. Actually, we're doing pretty good on time, so we can take our time with these a little bit more. Let's start with Robert Williams, another injury, unfortunately, bleeding into the fast break section. He played 13 minutes before leaving with left knee soreness. It seems like a precaution, but let's keep an eye on it. Grant Williams stepped in without him. Horford becomes a bit safer. Is there anything else that you might see here if Robert Williams is out for some time? Grant Williams, potential streamer, pretty much it. 
You you like him well enough to add him if if Time Lord's out? Yeah, I think that he has opportunity to start and could be good for some points, triples, maybe some rebounds. Yeah. yeah, I would resist the lure, the uh, siren song of Ennis Cantor. If you're playing playing <laughs> oh, DFS, yeah. he's that, he's that gonna is. burn you. <laughs> All right, let's see. Lonzo Ball scored a season high 27 points on Monday, seven triples, eight assists, seven rebounds, two steals. He's been awesome in Chicago. Anything you want to give us on the other ball, brother? The other ball. He's the first ball, brother. <laughs> Yeah, but he's he's the other now. I wish fantasy. I had him in more leagues, man. He's having an incredible season, <laughs> and Chicago's just been impressive. Mm-hmm. I love watching them play. I love the way all these pieces are fitting together. Really, just all good things. All the yeah. good things. <laughs> it really is better than I'm certainly better than I would have expected. I wish Lonzo Ball played this well last year when I had him on like eighty percent of my teams. <laughs> but what are you gonna do? Glad to see him put it all together. DeMar DeRozan has been incredible, obviously. He stayed red hot, scored 38 points on 23 shot attempts, had six assists. Zach Levine scored 27 points. The way that they have coexisted is a thing of beauty. I love watching it. Now, Kobe White made his season debut after shoulder surgery. Understandably, he went scoreless in 11 minutes. I personally have zero faith in him, but do you see anything there, any cause for hope? I'm monitoring him. I mean, I prematurely grabbed him, and I'm going to send him to the waiver wire where I did. But I'm still monitoring him in, okay. in deeper formats, like 14-team leagues. Chicago sure. is is in the bottom three in bench scoring, so the opportunity is there for him to find a role. Last night was not it. He played. He didn't get in the game till the second quarter. He was the ninth man in the rotation. Missed his first two shots. Didn't get back in the game, despite it being a massive blowout until late in the third and he continued to miss another two shots so not a great (laughs) debut but the potential is there i am i have him on my watch list okay good to know and i'm just checking now so io Dosumu did play 21 minutes last night and that was something i was intrigued by because coach billy donovan said well Dosumu has been playing so well we don't want to just suddenly say kobe white is back you're out of the rotation he's going to try to find a way to play them together which to me is just one more problem for kobe white to have to you know consider now this could be a hot hand situation with the second unit we just don't know but that was a good point that the bulls bench is bottom three in scoring i did not know that and clearly that's a role we've seen kobe white thrive in so worth worth watching at least definitely wouldn't go pick him up though who else we got here? We've got Denny Avdija. He double-doubled versus the Pelicans, got 28 minutes off the bench, had 11 points, 10 rebounds, two steals, a block, zero turnovers. He is averaging a steal and 0.8 blocks in November, despite getting minutes in the low 20s. My problem is last night, he only got six shots. The shots just are not there. He's very low volume, and this was without Bradley Beal. So, Although I have some interest in the defensive stats climbing, and he's proven that he's made huge strides defensively, so props there. But I'm still just too skeptical to to go get him. What are you thinking? Yeah, if you're only getting six shots when Bradley Beal is out, that's like, what are you going to do when Bradley Beal's back? <laughs> mm-hmm. He's playing better. I don't think that he's a fantasy asset in the vast majority of leagues right now. Okay. Now, I assume I, I know the answer, but would you rather go get Contavious Caldwell Pope, who's probably 
you know, considered pretty boring in fantasy, but as I'd rather have cave CP. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And bolsters your case with another solid game last night. He had 18 points, four boards, you know, all the goodies, two steals, four triples playing times there for him. And he can play multiple roles. So he's not going to score 18 points when Beal is active, but if you need a nine cat guy, go get him. And he's been consistent with the steals. So that's been a really positive part of his game. Yeah. Throughout his career. So not going to fade anytime soon. Jeremiah Robinson Earl started for the Thunder. That's been a sort of revolving door. He's the only one of the bunch, Mike Muscala and Derek Favors, that does anything fantasy-wise. But it's, I mean, I think he's had two maybe good fantasy games, maybe a, a couple more. Last night he had 16 points, four three-pointers, five boards, two dimes, and a block. To me, this is a guy, like, he just hasn't put any good games back-to-back. So... I'm still very skeptical. I'm very skeptical with you. Yeah, he needs to do more than two good games and not mm-hmm. have a five game distance between those two games or however much it was. <laughs> you know? That's too big of a gap for you, Jared. You don't want to wait a week and a half yeah. for his next uh, a little bit more eight rebound performance. <laughs> oh, man, tough, tough crowd. But I'm with you. I mean, in general, I think we could extend that conversation to most of the Thunder roster. Like, beyond the obvious guys, and Lou Dort is playing very well. He scored 20 points. I think I have a note on him. He scored 20 points four straight games, I want to say. So a guy that I've been a little down on in the past, probably worth grabbing. But, yeah, oh, and also Darius Baisley. He had five blocks last night, starting to trend up. Give me your your take on Baisley, if you have one. Definitely worth a very long look. The warts are still there. He's he's bad with percentages. He can have these terrible turnover games. But the upside, mm-hmm. he he is doing enough to kind of justify that. With he had, I think he had a really impressive. He had a bunch of triples in one game, and then he had that five block game the other night. So there's upside here. It's it's can you deal with his warts? Can you deal with how? bad the percentages can be that's a question for you to determine but he's certainly someone to think about grabbing in my opinion man we could put together quite the punt field goal percentage crew just with the players we're <laughs> discussing on today's podcast yeah i like basically for the same reasons like he's got that pop we've seen him put together long stretches of top 100 value but i think that was two years ago <laughs> the percentages are just brutal nothing more too much to add there but guys like yeah. i mean if they're sending isaiah roby to the g league clearly night to night you just right. don't know what's going to happen with most of this roster so i'm moving on unless it's obvious right. and it's consistent you're setting yourself up for a headache All right, another guy who nearly made the swish section. We've got Tyler Hero stepping up again with Jimmy Butler out. He had 27, 7, and 6. He had two steals as well. Did have six turnovers, but, I mean, he's just been awesome. So even, you know, obviously with Jimmy out, he got more playing time, started, and got more shots. But he's been fantastic in a bench role. There's really not much to complain about except my... My typical note that he's now up to 470 minutes played this season without a single block shot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying it until he blocks a shot. I'm gonna forgive him for that. He is a guard, <laughs> and he is making up for the lack of defensive production with his solid production in dimes. So pass. Yeah, the dimes coming up 
and a couple steals. That's huge because obviously blocks. I mean, that's more of a just a funny note, but the steals were non-existent yeah. early. So to see those pick up is all he needed really to settle right into top 75 He's flirt with top 50. Yeah. Huge value pick there. DeAndre Ayton returned. He also looked very good, which is huge. I will caution that he returned once from this injury already and looked very good and then suddenly missed, I think, three more straight games. So something to keep an eye on, but it seems like he's back for good this time. Scored 22 points on 10 of 14 shooting, had 12 rebounds, and told reporters afterwards that he felt good sprinting. He didn't have any problems making quick cuts, things like that. Yeah, I mean, I had him on a couple IRs, so I did not get to benefit from his sudden, you know, he was initially doubtful going into last night's game. Congrats on those who rolled the dice, wherever that may have been. Do you, I mean, I guess Frank Kaminsky and JaVale McGee, if you stream them, great. Anything else to read into here, Jared? I mean, yeah, they're done, basically, in my opinion. Like, now that Aiton is back, and I, I, I'm i not super worried about this. It was basically a knee injury. It was a, they were calling it a leg contusion, but the bruise was right below his knee. So that's, I think, why he took a little bit more time to get back. It was probably really painful. But I think he's had enough time off, and he looked great last night. So I don't think that this is going to be a lingering issue. At least I hope so. Yeah, same here. And I hope that it's not a lingering issue. I would rather see him miss a couple games now than try to play through pain and end up having yes. an injury that results because his gait, you know, his running gait has changed because he's favoring the knee. Like that just leads to problems. So let's keep this guy who's exactly. been durable throughout his career healthy. So, yeah, I, I'm always in favor of a, of a lengthier absence from this. Like for mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, for example, I want him to take as much time as he needs because it's a hamstring. Injury. Yeah. Stuff like this. I just, I just want them healthy. And if it takes two weeks, if I have to take two weeks of L's, so be it. Because, you know, if they rush back like James Harden last year, uh, it can ruin a season. So you just want your guys to be on top. Of it. Phoenix has an incredible staff. I'm jumping around to a lot of places here. But Sorry. the point is that I just want guys to take their time and, and be healthy because that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. OG Ananobi, another guy who played extremely well. He op- I thought he was going to go for like 40 in this game initially because he, o- he, o- he opened the game six of six from deep, had his career high in three pointers with, I think, by halftime. In the- <laughs> okay, so even better. There you go. Finished with 29 points, six boards, three steals, two dimes. And he did this, important to note, alongside Fred Van Vliet, alongside Scotty Barnes, and alongside Pascal Siakam. So if that was your concern, then this is a huge game. And to be noted, all of Toronto's, this was a regulation game, did not go to overtime. All of Toronto's starters played 39 minutes or more last night. So with a rotation that tight, and now, granted, the Raptors had some guys out, but still, I love to see that. Like, you know, especially if you have Siakam and he's he's recently returned. Well, clearly, they're not too worried about his playing time. Yeah. And the the fact that OG had that kind of usage and they're looking for him like that with the lineup right. intact is a fantastic sign. Yeah, he's the real deal, man. He's the real deal. Yeah. OG. All right. Cam Reddish, he was bad for most of Monday's game. He did get some shots to go down late. You wanted to mention this. Obviously, DeAndre Hunter's gone. So are you buying this? The Hawks had four starters score 20-plus points. Pretty top-heavy, all things considered. Huge line from Clint Capella, etc. 
But is Cam Reddish a guy you're still targeting? Could he be like the fifth or fourth even best fantasy player on this roster? The opportunity is there. Kevin Herter also exited that game with what, an ankle injury or something. So that could maybe even propel him into the starting lineup. But maybe they would go with Danilo Gallinari or something. I don't think Danilo Gar- Gallinari can guard threes anymore, though. <laughs> You can't guard anybody, so, Jared. You know, <laughs> the, you don't the need to specify a position. He's played really poorly for the two or three straight. He missed. He, I think, he missed like his first five or so shots last night. So while the opportunity is there, he has failed to realize it. I, in the places that I grabbed him, I'm going to give him another game. But if he just continues to play like the way he's been playing, I can't justify it much longer than that. Mm. Yeah, he's had his moments. I, I think I would pick him up now. Kevin Herter did leave with a hamstring injury, in fact, last night. And Reddish himself left at one point with, I think, a right leg injury, but he was able to return. It was a knee-to-knee collision. I think that might have been Sunday. Oh, was it? Well, oh, you're you're yeah. you're correct. So... Listen to Jared, not me on that one. But I still think worth picking up with with Herder out and the Hawks a little shorthanded. Or Herder potentially out, I should say. But hamstring injuries, to get back to your point about James Harden, those soft tissue injuries, those are the ones you really want to just give an extra couple days rest. Oh, you're feeling 100%? We'll play you the next game. Like, err on the side of caution. Please, training staffs. Yes. All right. (laughs) Little quick note. Brandon Clark has at least one block, at least three boards, and at least two assists in five straight games. There's no need to say more than that. Fake late round value. Well, if you're in a deep league, I think it could be real late round value. But How deep of a league? Yeah. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) You called my bluff on that one. I don't know. (laughs) 16 at least, I guess. Jalen Brunson will not slow down. He is he is not fake value. 17 points, six times, a steal, and a triple. He played 36 minutes on Monday. He's averaging 19 points on 58% shooting in November with f- almost five boards, almost five assists, and a steal. Now, Tim Hardaway Jr. had a nice game on Monday. If we're looking rest of season, who are you taking of, of these two? Is it Tim Hardaway Jr. or, or Jalen Brunson? Oh, Brunson. Brunson for the assists. I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, we did that. Who could be the waiver wire pick of the year? It might be Brunson. Mm. Uh, he's playing incredibly well. So he has Jason Kidd's trust. The minutes are there. He's coming off the bench, but he's averaging 30. The stats are there. Yeah. I, I, want, I, w- I wish that I had him on more teams. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Sometimes, you know, waiver wire pick a pickup of the year we can lean into guys who were drafted in in most leagues etc but i think brunson was legitimately undrafted in in most formats yeah maybe a late late round guy if you were savvy enough but man he's killing it now he's not going to shoot 58 percent too much longer but he is efficient for a guard you know great shot selection etc and tim hardaway jr one of the knocks against him in addition to poor shooting uh field goal percentage is that he doesn't get many supporting stats, and in fact has zero steals or blocks in five straight games. So, you know, unless he's scoring in bunches and hitting four threes a game, he's potentially a drag on your value. So, easy Brunson there for me. Nashon Bones Highland sprained an ankle on Monday. He's been getting some hype lately. You know, the Nuggets banged up. 
Are you are you on the train here? Did you get him off the waiver wire, or were you upset not to put it that way? No, I I think that you'd need to be in a sixteen team league or deeper for me to be upset about someone picking up Highland. He shows us these flashes, and then he'll he'll follow up the flash with a game that does literally nothing for you. And I think that that's going to be kind of the trend this season for for a rookie on on a loaded team with a with like 3,000 point guards. <laughs> well, you hit on exactly the point I was going to make, which is a rookie on a loaded team and a team with playoff aspiration, championship aspirations. I mean, the reigning MVP. So unlike a lot of rookies on bad teams where the minutes might just get higher and higher and let them play through endless mistakes, he's probably not going to have quite that luxury. So I think for that reason, I'm not super excited to pick him up now. I don't really have much here, but the Lakers ran an Alex Caruso tribute video during a timeout in the first quarter. He got a standing ovation, exchanged a big hug with LeBron. It was cool, and it was also totally not what I expected. I just suddenly, I forgot which game I was even watching. And all of a sudden, I looked over at the TV, and there's just an Alex Caruso tribute video playing. And I was like, why is this happening? This, this, this is a thing. But Lakers Nation loves that man. So, uh He's going to have a, another tribute video awaiting him in Chicago pretty soon if he keeps up his, his play for the Bulls. <laughs> yes. they. I mean, look, he's Laker Nation loves him for a reason. This is a great one-on-one defender. I know. The problem is since he's entered the starting lineup, he has scored a total of seven points on very bad shooting. He didn't get any of his shots to fall last night. But at least he came through with the two steals, and that's why you have him. Yeah, tough guy to play. I I considered him in DFS last night because I knew he was going to start and the playing time was there, but he's just so low usage. You know, even with with Vooch out, there's enough. You know, we saw, what is it, 50, almost 60 shots go to DeRozan, Lonzo, and Zach Levine combined. So not a lot left over for him, but the steals alone make him worth a look. Um, Another guy whose steals might make him worth a look, Davion Mitchell. Off night Mitchell. What are you doing with him? Um, we might have to end on this note. He had seven dimes, two steals, and a block on Monday, but he only played 19 minutes. He, you know, his shooting is right around 40%. He's only 63% from the line for a guard. Do you have faith that he can turn things around? I mentioned, you know, uh Bones Highland being a rookie on a very good team. Well, Mitchell's a rookie on a bad team who's head coached in the hot seat. Do you what are you doing here? I'm going to continue to watch him and enjoy watching him and ignore him in fantasy hoops because I don't think that he's going to be a fantasy factor his rookie season. Ah, okay. Maybe Alvin can change that, but not. I have very little faith. Yeah. I think I feel how I think I feel about Davion Mitchell how you feel about Kobe White. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. So that's pretty low. <laughs> In terms of fantasy, yeah. I think that he's a really good player. I don't think the fantasy production will be there. Yeah, I'm going to hold on to him short term, see if anything happens, you know, promising. I also feel like when the trade deadline approaches, Buddy Hield is gone. I mean, the Kings already had a deal in agreement to send him to L.A. That fell through, of course. But Buddy Hield's not going to be on this team in late February. So I think in- mm. inevitably Mitchell's minutes go up. Well, you think they just won't find a taker or... Yeah, I think I mean this is the Kings after all. How many <laughs> how many true. rumors have we heard about Buddy Heels out the door? It's a consistent rumor. It's been a couple of years now. 
and he's back in a bench role. It's only a matter of time before we start hearing that he's disgruntled. And then he said that last year. No, he's, I know. I was going to say now it's season. Yeah. He's like, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like being in a bench role. Yeah. How do you feel about a bench role? I don't like it. Oh, I've never liked it. I, would I like don't like traded. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're going to be traded. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. And then the year goes on. And happens. So yeah. we will see. I never try to predict trades. Right. It is a fool's errand, but you know, I think with Mitchell, at least it adds to the possibility that his playing time can increase. And the Kings have shown a willingness to go small. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I didn't have anything else. Sadiq Bey had 28 points. He's looking great uh, after a bit of a shooting slump. Hopefully you waited that one out. That's all I got, Jared. This was a loaded one. We're, we're at the end. Anything else you want to you wanna hit us with? I think that's going to cover it. All right. I was going to say, because sometimes I'll throw to Twitter handles. You can find me on Twitter at my name, Ryan Knauss at Ryan Knauss, your Twitter handle is spelled very awkwardly. And I, you can't even type in Jared Johnson because it, you, you put your name as Jared and then a man with a magnifying glass. So monocle, <laughs> a monocle is what I meant. But it, so if you look, if I type for your name, it does, you do not show up even though I follow you and we're friends. I'm like, how are other people supposed to find you, Jared? That's fine with me. Okay, so don't find Jared on Twitter. He's making it intentionally difficult. Maybe next week he'll have changed his tune. We'll see. All right, thanks. <laughs> uh, I, I think people can figure okay. it out. You figure it out. Hey, that's part of the it's like try. a mission now. Stay from the audience. <laughs> try, try to find me on Twitter without me telling you how to spell it. <laughs> All right, anyway. best of luck to everyone out there on that count and with your pickups and teams this week. We'll catch you again next Tuesday. Thanks, Jared. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.